0: Hello and welcome, everybody. It is another beautiful Monday. I have a great episode lined up for you guys today. We will be talking about NFL free agency. We'll be going over some of the biggest signings we've seen, some unsigned players that still need to get picked up, some big franchise tags that we've seen throughout free agency, and also we'll be looking at some big names that are potentially on the move to some new teams. All of that is coming up for you guys on the ball pit Let's dive in. All right, first off, we're going to look at some unsigned players. These are players that have just kind of been floating around in free agency for a little bit and haven't gotten their name called to a team yet. And these are the biggest players that I could find that I think really stand out to the other players in free agency. Could find a really good home and a new team and could just be super successful and could potentially have a breakout year. Next year, these first two players that I have listed kind of come as a combo. And that's Aaron Rodgers and Odell Beckham Jr. We know that Aaron Rodgers is pretty much going to go to the New York Jets. It just hasn't been finalized yet, but he's been talking about it. The Jets have been talking about Robert Sala. Just came out today and he said he's 99 sure Aaron Rodgers will be a Jet for the 2023 season. So there's no debate that. He's going to go to the New York Jets, but the deal has not been finalized yet. So he's still technically unsigned at this point. And same with Odell Beckham Jr. He has not been signed, but he's been scattered by multiple teams. Now, there were rumors about him going to the Cowboys or even the Eagles at one point. Those have almost completely died out, and it seems like the Jets are the only team that are still looking for his asking price at this point. It's not really known what that asking price is, but the jets do have big eyes on OBJ coming into this next year. And my third player is someone that I have not heard mentioned pretty much at all throughout NFL free agency so far. And that's Yannick Ngakwe. He's an edge and he's from the Colts. He had nine and a half sacks last season, which is 20th in the league total and he had a forced fumble I think he had 18 tackles last season which isn't a lot but he's a decent sack producer so for him to just be totally unknown and unsigned is a little bit of a surprise to me I think he could definitely find a good suitable team he's 27 years old so it's surprising to see a young raw player like Yannick Ngakwe not be mentioned at all in free agency I think some teams like the Seahawks who desperately need some defensive line and edge help, they could find Yannick Ngakwe a nice one to two-year deal, low risk since he's not really being sought after, and just try him out, see how he's doing, maybe bring in a drafted edge like Tyree Wilson or Will Anderson, and pair him with Yannick Ngakwe have a couple veterans on your team like Bruce Irvin, and develop these two young guys into what could potentially be a very good edge rushing duo in the NFL. I think Yannick Ngakwe has a lot of upside and I'm really, really excited to see how his free agency turns out. I have another edge here on my list of unsigned players and that's Frank Clark. He got released by the Kansas City Chiefs Saved them a whole ton of cap room because he was just underperforming. They got him in 2018 from a trade from the Seahawks. And ever since he's just fallen off a cliff, he was pretty sturdy. He was a good player his first year, and he has just steadily declined since then. And it's really disappointing because when he was in Seattle, he was a very promising player. He showed a whole lot of talent and a whole lot of upside. And he just hasn't produced so far. He hasn't found a good, comfortable home in Kansas City. And maybe that's because he's been overshadowed by someone like Chris Jones, who's one of the best defensive tackles in the league. And the Kansas City Chiefs just picked up George Karlaftis, who has proven to be a solid rookie and has had continued success through last season. So Frank Clark kind of fell back a little bit in terms of the defense line for the Chiefs. But he's still a solid option for a base defensive end. I think a lot of teams who are having some defensive end trouble could find a good home for Frank Clark. Again, kind of a Ngakwe structured deal, a one- or two-year deal. Not a whole lot of money, but give them a chance to prove themselves. And then if they prove themselves more, they can get that big extension. Marcus Peters, a cornerback, is here as well from the Ravens. And... We just have to talk about the Ravens for a little bit because the Ravens are completely falling apart. They don't seem that eager to pay any of their star players, Marcus Peters included. He's a solid corner. Now, of course, he does have a whole lot of injury problems. He missed all of the 2021 season due to an ACL injury. But still, when he's on the field, he's proven that he's a top 15 cornerback in the NFL. So for him to not even be signed at all surprises me. I would expect the Ravens to have some faith in him and at least sign him to a smaller deal. But from internal talks, they may already know his asking price is a little bit higher than what they're willing to give him with his history with injuries. So it looks like he could potentially just walk and find a new home. And I think a place like... The Atlanta Falcons organization, or the Seattle Seahawks for that matter, or somewhere like the Rams who just lost Jalen Ramsey, their best cornerback. Maybe they could look for a good, solid replacement and Marcus Peters could be able to fit in just perfectly there. But still surprising that he hasn't been picked up or really talked about at all. I, I haven't heard many trade rumors for These three guys that I just mentioned, it's a little bit shocking, to be honest, because all these guys are very talented players and very underrated players, in my opinion. And I think they could be very successful if they find the right team to call home. Donovan Smith, the offensive tackle from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, is next on my list of great unsigned players. He would be a good utilization player for both left and right tackle. Um, we saw Orlando Brown Jr. went to the Bengals, which I have in my signings notes in this next part of this podcast. So the Bengals are beefing up their offensive line, which is really good to see because everybody in the NFL niche knows that the Bengals need some offensive line help. So they pick up a really good guy in Orlando Brown Jr. But I think Donovan Smith is worth a fleeting glance as well. He's a really solid player. He can play both tackle positions pretty decently. He's been a cornerstone for that Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive line, and he's looking for a good home as well. So I think pretty much any team that has any struggles at tackle should look for Donovan Smith because again, he's not highly sought after he's a decently young player and he's got some good talent. I I think he could find a real good home. And my last player here on the unsigned players list is Zeke Elliott. We saw that he was released by the Cowboys earlier in free agency. And he has just continued a steady decline ever since he came in the league for the first couple of years, especially 2016, 2017, even 2018 season. He was a top running back. He was a incredible power back. He was the Derrick Henry of those years before Derrick Henry really came to be the best running back that we know in the NFL. He had immense power, but he also had some really good elusiveness to pair with that. And that just made him a force to be reckoned with for some really good defenses. It's honestly disappointing to see a childhood favorite player like Ezekiel Elliott. I've watched him his entire NFL career. It's sad to see him go on such a decline that he eventually gets released by the team that drafted him. But what happens, happens. It is it is a bummer, but I hope the best for this guy. I still think he can be a good option for a team that'd be looking for a running back. I don't really know what, what team he would fit in with, though. Possibly the Patriots. I could see them going for a power back move. Running backs have just been a complete volatile market so far in free agency we have a lot of franchise tags on running backs as we'll get to in a couple minutes here but we also have players like Alvin Kamara from the Saints who have been in increasingly serious talks about potentially being released being traded being franchise tagged so running backs are have just seemed to be a sticking point for teams here as if They they don't really know what to do with them. They don't know how to move on. So just a very interesting market to keep your eye on as we go through NFL free agency, especially into the season, as we see what running backs make a big splash, what running backs will recede a little bit. And you also have to think about players like Cordell Patterson, who's been a running back that's come out of almost nowhere for the Atlanta Falcons, but He's getting old. I think he's going to be 33 years old this year. So they might try to bring in a younger younger running back, maybe even Zeke. Who knows? But it's just very interesting to see how shaken up the running back rooms have gotten in the NFL and how many running backs are still on the market, have been franchise tagged, and are also looking for a potential trade partner. It is super, super interesting. But with that, we're finished with the unsigned players section. So let's head over to some notable signings. All right, our headline player, Miles Sanders, is heading over to the Carolina Panthers. And this is such an interesting move. As you all know, I'm based in Pennsylvania. I am a Penn State fan, of course. We are. And it is just, I'm surprised that The Philadelphia Eagles let Miles Sanders go. He was a top five running back this year in yards. He's still super young. And obviously he's at his prime being in top five in rushing yards. So to see the Eagles just let him walk is a little bit surprising. But they did pick up Rashad Penny from the Seattle Seahawks. And that is another interesting move. He's the only player. From the last couple of seasons that can have that averaged over six yards per carry, which is a staggering feat in today's NFL in today's NFL culture. But he's also missed a considerable amount of the past three seasons due to injury. So obviously, if he had more attempts, that average would continue to go down. But still, six yards a carry for how many carries he had is pretty impressive. I think he'll find a good home. In Philadelphia, and hopefully he can overcome that injury bug that he seems to catch. But we're not talking about Rashad Penny, we're talking about Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders is a very interesting case because he came into this league a couple years ago and he had really big expectations put on him because he was the next running back behind Penn State's Saquon Barkley, who won Rookie of the Year his first year, and then he dealt with some injuries. Miles Sanders was a higher ranked high school recruit than Saquon Barkley was, did just as good as Saquon Barkley did in college, goes to the Eagles, has some phenomenal years, finishes top five in rushing yards this year, and the Eagles just let him walk. They just let him go to the Panthers. I think the Panthers found an absolute stud in Miles Sanders. He knows how to run the ball very efficiently. He's very patient. He knows how to wait for his blocks. And that's something that's really important in this Carolina team because they aren't known for having the best offensive line. So if Miles Sanders can continue to be patient, get his elusiveness and speed on display and get into the second and third levels of the defense, he's going to be really successful. And obviously he already was last year. I think this is a great signing for the Panthers. Put it up as One of the best they've done in recent history. And I think Miles Center is going to be really successful in the blue and black. Next up, we got two Seattle Seahawks signings. They re-signed quarterback Geno Smith. He gets $35 million per year. And one thing I saw was a whole bunch of people were saying, Geno did not deserve that kind of money. That is absolutely ridiculous. Why would the Seahawks even think about that? And here's what I want to talk about. First off, the quarterback market has completely changed. We've got quarterbacks like Daniel Jones asking for $45 million plus. Now, I think he only got $40 million per year with his new contract with the Giants. But still, for a player like Geno Smith, who had records in passing yards and completion percentage last year for the Seattle Seahawks, he deserved the money that he got. And it wasn't a very long-term deal. So I'm assuming the plan is either this year or next year, the Seahawks are going to draft a solid quarterback with a top pick or possibly trade a pick to get a quarterback. Geno Smith is going to stay the starter, and they're going to develop their young quarterback. So by the time Geno Smith's contract is over, he'll either be tagged for another year or he'll retire, and the new Seahawks quarterback will be ready to take his place That's what the Seahawks are looking for. So for Geno Smith to get $35 million per year while setting franchise records last year and winning comeback player of the year, honestly, I think that's a steal. I think he could have gotten 37 to 38, maybe even more per year if he really wanted to test free agency or really put the pressure on Seattle to give him a good deal. Now, the Seahawks also pick up Bobby Wagner. He comes back home to the Seahawks on a one-year deal. $7 million in total. I love the signing. Jordan Brooks tore his ACL. He'll be out for at least eight months. Cody Barton left in free agency. The Seahawks have no depth in the linebacker position. I think they're looking at Bobby Wagner is a seasoned veteran. He's been in the Seattle Seahawks organization for 10 years. We're going to sign him back. We're going to give him a year. If he's successful, we'll give him... Maybe one, maybe two more years. We'll get a really young, solid linebacker in this draft or next draft, and we'll have Bobby Wagner teach him all the ways. So we have the next Jordan Brooks with this newly drafted linebacker. That's what the Seahawks are going to aim for with this Bobby Wagner signing. But I think it's also just to bring Bobby home, and hopefully he can finish his career out as a Seahawk. I'd love to see that. And I mentioned this next signing briefly before when I was talking about Donovan Smith. Orlando Brown jr is headed over to the Cincinnati Bengals. One of the best offense alignment for the chiefs last season. You could argue Creed Humphrey was better at center position and I won't disagree with you there, but still one of the best tackles in the league, Orlando Brown jr heads over to the Cincinnati Bengals who desperately need some tackle help. And when I say desperately, I mean desperately they have, struggled with the offensive line for so many years now they've statistically had one of the worst offensive lines for the past two years Joe Burrow absolutely deserves to have a good offensive line finally and I think the Bengals are building towards that with this Orlando Brown Jr signing and I expect them to also take a offensive lineman in the draft coming up in a month Derek Carr is heading over to the Saints, which is expected after he was released by the Las Vegas Raiders. And with that move, the Raiders also signed Jimmy Garoppolo from the San Francisco 49ers. There is a little bit of a shuffle of quarterbacks in the West, but I think both of these quarterbacks will be able to find really good homes with their teams. I think Derek Carr could have a really good season with the Saints. Hopefully, we see Michael Thomas finally come back, and if Derek Carr can get some good chemistry with Michael Thomas, it's going to be a scary sight, especially with Alvin Kamara, who is such a good utilization player with both his rushing and receiving abilities. I think the Saints team could be a sneaky team that could potentially head to the playoffs if Derek Carr gets some good help and just is able to man the ship that is the Saints team. Jordan Poyer re-signed with the Bills. He was a star safety for the Bills. And I know all the Bills Mafia is super happy to have him back. However, they did lose Tremaine Edmonds. He went to Chicago on a multi-year deal. And that's a little disappointing because he was the cornerstone linebacker for the Bills. So what's the next move for the Bills here? Do they look to sign a a linebacker? Do they look to draft a linebacker? Now, in my mock draft, I had the Buffalo Bills taking Bijan Robinson with their 29th overall pick, but they picked up Damian Harris from the New England Patriots out of free agency. So it's only a one-year deal, but it's a little interesting because I don't know if they're trying to play like a little bit of a developmental thing and still grab a running back early in this draft, or if they're going to go defensive since they've lost a couple cornerstones to free agency. Headline of those being Tremaine Edmonds. I think to see what the Bills are up to. I definitely didn't expect the Damien Harris signing, but I'm still really excited to see how this build team shapes up. I really hope that either Damien Harris or a drafted running back like Bijan Robinson Really finds a good fit in Buffalo because they so desperately need a good running attack. James Bradbury stays back in Philly. And with CJ Gardner Johnson going to the Lions and Darius Slay eventually re signing with the Eagles, he was a big part of that incredible secondary for the Eagles that made their Super Bowl run this year. Hopefully, he continues his success in Philadelphia. And I definitely think he will. So that is the end of our big signings segment. Now we're going to head over to some big franchise tags. Starting off with the man of the hour, Lamar Jackson. Earlier today, he released a statement that he requested a trade from the Ravens on March 2nd. And nothing has come of it quite yet. They did place the tag on him a little while ago. I don't know if he'll actually be traded, especially since they put that tag on him. I think he'll stay for a year. But the worst thing a system can do to a quarterback is grind them down and make them feel trapped. And I think that's starting to brew here with this Lamar Jackson situation. He was completely unhappy with his performance this last year. He absolutely turned it on the in the early season, he got AFC player of the weekend, maybe even of the month. I'm not sure. And then he got injured. He didn't play since week 13. He didn't get to play in the playoffs. And as the offseason went on, he became increasingly frustrated with contract talks kind of coming to a halt. And he expected to get somewhat of Deshaun Watson type of guaranteed money with that 200 plus million deal that Deshaun Watson got. He was hoping for something like that. The Ravens didn't seem to want to give it to him. So now they placed the tag on him and he revealed that he wanted a trade from them since the beginning of March. So since he's on the tag and the Ravens already know he wants to leave, this is just a lose-lose situation. You could say he's a loser. The Ravens are a double loser at this point. It's really bad to see that The Ravens have let their relationship deteriorate with Lamar Jackson as far as it has, considering that he is their franchise quarterback. He has been the biggest part of this Ravens offense for as long as he's been a part of the organization. He was a unanimous MVP just four years ago, and now it's looking like his tenure with the Baltimore Ravens could be coming to an end sooner than we all thought. Very disappointing from the Ravens. I just don't understand their approach to free agency. They still have Marcus Peters floating out there. They have to deal with Lamar Jackson. They have a big hole at running back. They don't really have a star wide receiver either. Hopefully Rashad Bateman can step up. I still have a lot of faith in that guy. But the Ravens just seem to be crumbling from the inside out. And I hope that they can figure this out. But... From the outside looking in, it doesn't look very good for the Ravens. Saquon Barkley got franchise tagged from the Giants in a super surprising move, at least to me. He decided to give Daniel Jones $40 million a year and re-sign him to a contract and tag Saquon Barkley, who arguably has more contribution to the Giants organization than Daniel Jones has. He was the 2018 Rookie of the Year Now, he came off some injuries with an ACL tear and an ankle injury recently, but he's still proven he can be one of the top backs. But firstly, the Giants don't seem to be willing to give him a good run of the offense. He barely gets over 10 carries per game, and that's just so surprising when you have such a skilled running back like Saquon Barkley. They seem to rely more on Daniel Jones' elusiveness, being able to evade pressure in the pocket, expand plays than they are with Saquon Barkley and his elusiveness and his explosive playmaking. A little bit questionable by the Giants here. Hopefully their relationship with Saquon Barkley doesn't deteriorate anymore with the franchise tag. And they just moved the contract talks to next year where they'll have more money since they wanted to sign Daniel Jones this year. The optimist's view for the Giants, but I'm really hoping that Saquon Barkley can stay there. Josh Jacobs also got the franchise tag from the Las Vegas Raiders. And again, just super surprising moves for these young running backs who aren't getting the contract talks that they really want and honestly deserve. Josh Jacobs was the leading rusher this year. He proved that he's one of the top backs in the league. He proved that he can command this offense, even with a very shaky passing game. He can still make this team look pretty solid. And with Jimmy Garoppolo now at the helm of the Raiders offense, who knows if the scheme is going to change a little bit, if they trust Jimmy more with passing than they did with Derek Carr. They still have their number one weapon in Devontae Adams. Now, they also lost Darren Waller to a trade with the Giants. We may see that their passing game declines a little bit and that rushing game ramps up a little bit. So they might have been looking to see if Josh Jacobs can handle the bigger workload this year compared to last year. And then if he continues his success and prowess at running back this year, then he'll get his big contract at the end of this year. Still very interesting situation in Las Vegas. I hope Josh Jacobs does well. And finally, we've got Tony Pollard, who's on the franchise tag for the Dallas Cowboys. So the Dallas Cowboys release Ezekiel Elliott. They have Tony Pollard on the franchise tag. They're just trying to figure out who is their franchise running back. I wouldn't be surprised if they draft a running back in the second or third or maybe even fourth round of the NFL draft this year. Just to kind of play around, give him some reps. Kind of like an Isaiah Pacheco, Jarek McKinnon type look that the Chiefs had this year. I think the Cowboys could somewhat mirror that situation this year and see who fits more into their scheme and then build off of that from there. So those are the biggest franchise tags that we've seen so far in this NFL season. Let's head over to our last segment, some big names that could potentially be on the move this year. Of course, we're going to start off with the two most solid cases for people that will be leaving this year, and that's Aaron Rodgers and Odell Beckham Jr., both potentially heading to the New York Jets. Like I said earlier in this episode, Aaron Rodgers, the move to New York Jets, it's almost inevitable. It just has to be finalized. And with OBJ, a lot of teams have been looking his way. He hasn't really found a home yet. I don't even know if he's going to be signed come week one of the NFL season, but the New York Jets definitely have the biggest hold on him as of right now. I expect that by the trade deadline, he will be on a team and I expect it to be the New York Jets. Next, we have Lamar Jackson, who could potentially move to the Atlanta Falcons. I think the Falcons is the most sensible move for Lamar Jackson, the Ravens, and the Falcons, considering they have Desmond Ritter at the quarterback position right now. They released Marcus Mariota because he didn't produce the way they really wanted him to. So the Falcons have just been in a little bit of a quarterback limbo ever since Matt Ryan left, and he's been bouncing around the league for a little while now. I think Lamar Jackson could find a decently good spot at Atlanta. He's got some good weapons with Cordell Patterson and Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts has been a real disappointment since he's been drafted, but I think if he got a star quarterback to throw in the ball like Lamar Jackson, he could really step up his game and I hope he does. I think Lamar Jackson could have a lot of fun in a rebuilding Atlanta Falcons team. And my final potential move is Marcus Peters, and I think he could go to the Seattle Seahawks. We saw that the Seattle Seahawks have had a lot of trouble with cornerback depth. Now they picked up both Tariq Woolen and Kobe Bryant, and both of them were phenomenal rookies this year. Tariq Woolen was in the runnings for defensive rookie of the year. He was in the top three for that award. But I think bringing in a solid veteran from the Baltimore Ravens, Marcus Peters would be a great move for the Seattle Seahawks. They have really good safeties in Quandre Diggs and Jamal Adams. And they also picked up Julian Love from the Giants. So they've got good safety depth apart from corners. They're two rookies. They've got Mike Jackson, and that's about, it. So I think putting Marcus Peters at a cornerback two or even a slot cornerback position could find the Seattle Seahawks with a brand new reinvigorated defense. And I think it could help a lot in their passing game. Now, passing defense wasn't their biggest concern. They need to work on the run defense and they have, and I expect that they will continue to do that in the NFL draft. That is the end of this episode of The Ball Pit. Hope you guys really enjoyed this recap of NFL Free Agency. Next, on Friday, we will be looking at a preview of the Final Four, as well as just an overview of the surprises that have been March Madness so far. They really put the madness in March Madness this year. It has been absolutely crazy. So that is coming to you guys on Friday, and I will see you then.